0: What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Power Play. On today's episode, I sat down with two-time open-heart surgery occupant and former NCAA champion Derek Owens. Being born with a heart condition and the odds stacked against him, Derek makes every minute count. Growing up, he was completely unaware that his heart had only two valves instead of three. Derek went to doctor's appointments more than other kids his age, but he just thought it was part of a regular routine all kids had to do. He was aware of his condition at 16 when he had to get his first open-heart surgery. He went on to play Division I basketball, where he was the captain of his team his senior year. Two weeks after the season ended, he couldn't run half a mile or even go up the stairs without getting winded. It became clear to him that he would have to get another surgery. If you guys want to hear more about Derek Owens, I left the link to his Instagram down below and a link to the Heart Warriors Foundation. Go ahead and check that out. And before we jump into the episode, if you guys are listening on Apple, if you could leave a review and a like rating. And if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and drop a follow. Let's jump into the episode. What is going on everybody and welcome back to the power play on today's episode. We have Derek Owens. Thanks for coming on today.
1: Thank you Joe for having me. I appreciate your time. Of course man.
0: So I know you were born with a heart condition and you overcame many obstacles and I was actually uh, listening to your story the other day for the first time and dude it is absolutely inspiring. But do you mind sharing some insight with the listeners of who you are and what you went through?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, I was, I was born with a congenital heart condition. Uh, it is something that I, I wasn't even really aware of until uh, my teenage years. My parents kind of uh, kept it under wraps. I would go to these checkups every couple of years, but I thought it was just something every kid did. All right. Um, so, yeah, it really wasn't until I was 16 uh, is when I had to have an emergency open heart surgery um, flew to California and uh, basically it was an eight hour op- eight, eight an eight hour operation where they had to um, cut out an enlarged aorta, a section of the heart that had been enlarged, and then replace a aortic valve that had been failing me. And that was what wow. I was born with was this bicuspid aortic valve, which is essentially instead of having three openings, you got two openings. It's like a door that doesn't open all the way. Mm-hmm. So the blood isn't flowing to the rest of my body um, it, as well as it should be. Right. And then on the other side it was also pooling up my aorta like a balloon. So it was slowly getting bigger and bigger until eventually it was it would just rupture and pop. Right. Right. So uh during the operation they had to freeze my body they had to stop all blood flow stop any air to my to my lungs and they had this small window to operate you know because you can't operate on a beating heart Mm -hmm. so they had to basically freeze everything stop everything and uh yeah they it was a successful surgery um and uh yeah, they essentially they, they gave me a tissue valve, like a valve from a cow, and uh-huh. they make a valve out of that, and then they uh, put a synthetic tube, a graft, in where they cut out the enlarged aorta, and uh, hmm. yeah, that was the first one I went through.
0: That is wild. So, what is obviously it was a physical struggle for you, but mentally, how is yeah. that, how is this? How did this mentally challenge you? And how did you overcome something like this?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Obviously, right. There's there's the physical aspect of it. You're getting cut open, right? Um, the sternum is yeah being cut in half, and you have to physically every day get a little bit better. But what I think I didn't understand and expect was the mental hurdle that it would cause. Yeah, because um, all you all you think about is physically. Okay, I'm going to get better. I'm going right. to return to my normal life, and everything's just going go back to normal. I'm going to be a normal kid again. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mentally, I think it's it's a lot harder because it becomes really hard to to kind of connect and relate with people, especially at such a young age. At sixteen, mm-hmm. you're kind of I kind of feel like I lost a lot of my youth, my innocence. Um, right. So yeah, mentally, you just kind of you have like this weird appreciation for everything because uh, it's such a it's such a a struggle physically and mentally where you're just you're just really happy honestly to be alive to be breathing and so you look at everybody else and you start hearing people complain about things and it makes you think like man you guys you just don't have any idea of how how lucky it is to just take a deep breath i think after the first surgery you uh you realize you lose all this independence Uh, i couldn't i couldn't bathe myself i couldn't Dress myself um so my mom was doing all that stuff for me and uh i felt like there was no one really there i could talk to and kind of uh, to kind of relate to with a lot of the struggles um right and so it's just trying to figure out all that on your own and i felt kind of depersonalized like a part of a part of me died and now i'm i'm trying Mm -hmm. to like have this rebirth and uh trying to join like the external world again. Right. Um, But, but at 16 too, there's so much also going on in my life. All I cared about was basketball. So my whole goal Mm -hmm. was to return to getting back in shape to play basketball. Right. Um, which I did two years later, uh, won the state championship for basketball in Arizona. I was the starting point guard, the captain of my team. I went off to play, uh, College basketball at D2 level. Again, I was the starting point guard captain. And uh it was about a month after my senior season in college where I was having these pains again. And yes. I, I I knew something wasn't right. I went to the hospital. They kinda were like, hey, just lay low for a little bit. You know, I think I think it's not as bad as you think, but mm-hmm. like, man, it hurts it hurts when I run, it hurts when I do push-ups. And I just came off of a season where I was leading the team in minutes played with wow. no issues. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, I needed, you know, I found out uh, I needed another open heart surgery immediately. And wow. yeah, that so is, food account. Yeah. That is wild to go through, man. You
0: know, and not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but yeah, you said it earlier, and like you have a whole different perspective on life. I'm sure you're familiar with Gary Vee, but yeah. he says, you know, is, I think it's like, one in 14 trillion trillion chances you're put on this earth and it's absolutely absolutely crazy and um some of my listeners know not all of them i was premature i was born early um i obviously don't remember any of it i was born three pounds four ounces and Mm -hmm. i had um intestinal issues my intestines were twisted so you know i have a scar on my stomach to prove it and everything and um just like the one in your chest but so Mm -hmm. like You really have a whole, like, guys like us have a whole different perspective on life. Like, you know, we could have died on the operating table. yes, me being a few hours old, I wouldn't have remembered, obviously, anything because I was, you know, little. But the fact that, you know, I can truly see that now at 19 years old and say, you know, holy shit, man, I could have died and I couldn't have been here today and we couldn't have been having this conversation. But it really gives you a whole perspective on life and um touching up on the whole basketball thing you played uh ncaa right
1: yeah i did
0: so what was that like you know um the whole experience obviously but an experience from your
1: standpoint like did you have to worry about your heart at all when you were playing yeah i mean i I did a little bit you know that's also part of it a lot of people think like okay you have the surgery And you're good to go, you know, like, okay, life goes on. But there's still a lot of complications. There's still potential uh, that something might fail. Um, And it's not a life, it's not a lifelong fix. Like it's something Mm -hmm. that has to be revisited, right? So, yeah, I do have, you know, I I did worry a little bit about it, but I also, uh, you know, kind of you spoke, you have this new perspective on life. You kind of have this rebirth. So, yeah uh i just i kind of have tried not to let it affect me and just do what i want to do right. um you know I, I did have surgeons who would tell me that i would never play basketball again i would never do anything physical again and we just went and found a different surgeon right. you know found right, found, right. Found right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. tell us what we want to hear right and uh because like no we're, we're going to return back to doing what we want to do and so yeah going to play basketball I, yeah i had it was more like having to convince coaches that uh, I was okay, you know, that I could play Mm -hmm. um, that nothing bad would happen to me. Um, But yeah, it didn't really affect me too much. Uh, I always seemed to have like the most stamina on the team. Right. uh, Even though all that I went through, even having a compromised heart and uh, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I never really let it get in the way Mm of, of much of anything. Um, You're just more aware, like, you know, if I eat bad food, I, I feel bad because I'm like, I know that that's not good for me physically. I know that right. this is something – it's just like every decision has, holds more weight. Mm-hmm. So um, anytime you do something, it, it's, it doesn't go without without like a conscious thought about right. uh, is, this, is this something I should be doing. Completely understand. Um, yeah, yeah. you kind of have this uh, – you want to make every moment count and like mm-hmm. you want to do all these things because you're like, man, I, I shouldn't be here anyways so if I die tomorrow, oh, well, you know, I, I shouldn't right. have made it this far. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And the other side of it is like nothing matters. Just it just like fancy cars, fancy things. None of that stuff matters because really like when you when you go through like real real struggles and when all you care about is just taking a deep breath and eating food and and not yeah. feeling miserable, like yeah. you realize none of that external stuff yeah. has any impact on your overall life. Um so it becomes hard to yeah I guess relate in those ways too. Uh, I, but I, yeah, I, went off. Yeah. yeah. I get
0: that completely man, you know. Um you know, I, materialistic things they're nice when you have them, but I think a lot of people's problems are they centralize their goals and their achievements over these materialistic goals and that's not the way to be. Um mm-hmm. for example, when I first started this podcast I had an ad that ran and it was an ad through the app anchor that helped me and it monetized the podcast where I can get a few bucks from the podcast and, you know, really sitting down and truly thinking about what I was doing and what I wanted, you know, I, I didn't want the ad anymore because when I started podcasting, you know, I, I enjoy the art of conversation and I enjoy the art of networking and meeting people and hearing their stories. So I don't think I've even had that ad in there for maybe about, I don't know, four months now, just because like, why, you know, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. eventually, I want to take this somewhere where I'm, you know, making a stable living off of it, because I enjoy podcasting, Like I truly have a passion for conversating with people and putting my voice out there and making all these connections and networking and helping others who are listening. But, you know, I think people like I've mentioned it in other podcasts, everybody wants an instant gratification and they want that instant success. But when, I, I think when people truly go through something that is mentally changing or, you know, physically changing to where they have to go through some sort of sickness or they have some sort of condition, that's when they'll realize like, you know, wow, man, you know, I, I can't be doing these things and I got to truly find what makes me happy. And I got to find my passion and I got to really buckle down and you got one life, you know, you got to make the most of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, definitely,
0: how do you deal with your condition today how does it affect you today like do you
1: really think about it much you know it's it's funny not not as much today because the last real thing i went through was like 2014 was my second surgery and then 2016 i had endocarditis um so it's been you know about five years now since i've really faced being in the hospital and going through some of those experiences so it's like the, the trauma's still there. You just kind of build a life beyond it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even had to like, go back into some of my notes and read some of my thoughts. Cause I, I would journal during some of these times and like, go back and read like how I felt just to kind of re-enter that frame of mind to talk to you because I don't think about it as much. Um, I think a lot of it is I, I have two kids now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I work a lot. So there's this there's this, there's other people that I care about more than myself now, right? It used to be like, I'm worried about myself 24 seven. Uh, and now I, I just have less time, I think, to think about myself. Yeah. So it doesn't affect me as much now. Um, but this isn't, so the, the second surge, I ended up getting second surgery six and a half years later after the first one, yeah. right? right? It's, it's now been a a little over six and a half years this time around. Okay. So lately, I've been like, it's gonna have to be fixed again. Right. You know, it only lasted the valve replacement only lasted six and a half years. So I'm at that time frame right now. Oh wow. So this past year has been kind of a, an anxious time for me because I'm yeah thinking, well, if everything was the same as the first time, then it could be any day that you know I start slowly feeling worse and worse, mm-hmm. and before I know it, I'm back in there and going through all that again and. Yeah. And I tell you, the second time around was way worse than the first time. I think a little bit was I was older, um, so at 24. And then uh, I came out of the second surgery in complete heart block, so I didn't have a heartbeat on my own. It was extremely nauseous. Yeah. Uh, uh, I Instead of like the normal lub-dub, love, lub-dub, love, I was like, lub-dub-dub, love, love, yeah. love. My heart really mm-hmm. was, yeah, I, the electrical system was, was messed up. Um, and so I spent eight days in the ICU. Um, and it was like every, every, every minute was just trying to get through every minute of those days was, was really hard. Um, and then one night in there, uh, I, I convinced one of the nurses to, to like prescribe me more medication than they had been doing because I was just so miserable. Like I was, it was it's more of a discomfort when you're your heart when you're in heart block and so to relieve that discomfort it was like synthetic yeah. um, painkillers worked the best and there was this nurse that I knew I could kind of who was on my side most of the time he was in there and I got him to give me more medicine to prescribe me more medication than they had been doing and I remember waking up that at like four in the morning, like the, I, I just uh-huh. took this deep breath in and I was surrounded by nurses and I knew something had happened and I heard people running down the hallway into my room and I was like what happened that's wild and the nurse yeah the nurse just looked at me and said um your heart stopped for a little bit but you're back now um we got you you're okay and that was like the one night I was in the hospital by myself um you know normally I had my mom or my dad or somebody staying with me and Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so like that happened and then it felt like a defeat like I I had to get a pacemaker the next day Mm -hmm. um the whole time I was in there you know when you come out of surgery you're like okay every day is an uphill I got through the worst and that time around it was like man I I got this I'm not better Mm -hmm. like every day they're like okay maybe tomorrow your heart your heart rhythm will come back and we won't have to give you the pacemaker And uh, so it was kind of this like battle between okay let's let's get this heart rhythm back. They were trying different medications on me to to speed it up to get it to go into sync. Nothing was working, and I kind of felt like I lost when I yeah had to go yeah uh, had to go yeah get rolled back into the operating room, get a pacemaker, and that was a whole new a whole new that is wild, dude. Yeah, new struggle, something I had to yeah overcome. Yeah. yeah, another thing I'd overcome. What
0: what has it yeah. been, you know, like what have you learned from overcoming
1: all those obstacles? Uh for me, it's just I don't take things too serious anymore. Um it, I think I I think I learned mostly like first of all your body's capable of uh going way beyond what you think it can it can handle. Hmm. Um I think, yeah, it, it, it's kind of hard to put into words yeah. the things I, I guess I've learned from it all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe just, um, yeah, I, I, I guess you know, go back to appreciation, you just appreciate things a lot. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, when I would come out of, come out of these surgeries and I'd go back to normal life. And then like, I went back to refing and I have people yelling at two months later, you know, I have people re- yelling at me while I'm running up and down the corner. Right. And I was like, Man, if they could only see what I went through, mm-hmm. if they could only like really see, cause it's like an invisible illness, kind of what, you know, what you were talking about with your, yeah. your story, mm-hmm. you were born with, it's invisible. So people don't see it. So you kind of feel like you're walking around and once you're out of the hospital, once you've gone through those things, everyone looks at you as like you're okay. Right. And, and, but really everything's within. So, uh, I think I just understand, I've learned to understand, like, to not play victim with anything. Yes. Like, just blessed to be alive. Right. I, I to appreciate the small things,
0: there. you know, and really take yeah. in, like, every moment because, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you could have died on that operating table. You wouldn't have been here today doing the things you're doing. And, you know, I've learned just by, you know, not from my early on experience, it has to be a part of it. You know, it doesn't really affect me much nowadays because, you know, it's, it's not a condition that um, is reoccurring, but the stuff I've been through early on, because I'm very mature from my age um, mm-hmm. really, you know, just, I guess, experiencing and taking in the little things And really putting yourself out there to be the best you can be. And I guess, honestly, giving no fucks, because at the end of the day, you have (laughs) one life. And, you know, if you stay sitting and worrying about this one thing, and yes, of course, you have to constantly, you know, remind yourself that you have this condition and that, God forbid, one day something could possibly happen where you have to go into again, but you know, not worrying about worrying about that every single day and truly really right. taking it each moment for what it is. Now, you know, you said you have a wife, you got two kids now, and you got a lot more to worry about than just yourself. But I got one more question before we go here today. What inspires you to keep going every single day?
1: Um I think it you know, I've I've once you've gone through serious health like uh, consequences uh when you feel good and when you feel healthy there's nothing like yeah. it right i mean when you're when you're capable to pretty much do whatever you want whenever you want um and to make the most of that is you know it, it's it's like you you kind of touching on what you said you you learn to live in the mm-hmm. present because you know like man a couple of years from now i might be in a horrible situation again or something could happen to me um and so you try to take you really do try to enjoy the most of every day and so yeah i guess for inspiration it's like yeah i mean while i'm healthy and able yeah. you want to just kind of be able to do as much as you can and to kind of push the new limits and See how far you can take your body. See what other things you can accomplish while you have the ability to do it. Um, yeah, before it's too late, before something else yeah. happens. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, other people's stories inspire me right. too. You know, sometimes it, it takes hearing somebody else something they went through to kind of remind. Yeah, 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 dude. Sure.
0: Well, I love it, man. Your story is absolutely inspirational. Thank you for coming on here and chatting with me today.
1: Yeah, oh, I appreciate you having friends. me on.